You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 231. You're trying to do too many things at once. You need to do one thing, one marketing stream, get super good at it. And then once you know it's effective and um, it's in place, get someone else to help you implement the second one. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome to another episode here on Wholesaling Inc. My name is Cody Hoffheim. I'll be hosting today's podcast episode. And I want to say a huge welcome to those of you that are the first time listening to this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We hope that you get a ton of value on this. Now, on this podcast, we're dedicated to helping each one of you get one step closer to finding your first deal through wholesaling. So if you're new to the podcast and you're wondering what the heck is wholesaling, wholesaling is just simply the art of finding something at a discount. Now, we talk directly about wholesaling real estate. So it's how to find those deeply discounted properties. That's where the money is made. And so we are dedicated on this episode and every episode that we do to interview individuals that went out there just recently, did a deal And they're going to show you step-by-step how they did it so that we can deliver actionable items right now in each one of your lives so that you can get one step closer to your first deal as well. So get a pen and get a piece of paper ready and start jotting down the action items that you're going to take after listening to this episode. Today, we have Mr. Carson Fox from Greenville, South Carolina. He has joined the tribe just a few months back. So he's been part of, uh, of, of our coaching program for about four months but just did a massive deal. I'm not going to say anything about that deal yet because that's going to be his story. He's going to share everything step-by-step how he did it and then ultimately tell you what that did for him in in regards to a payday. So he's doing this full-time and he is just ready to go. And he's, like I said, we'll be getting into this deal that is just an awesome, awesome deal. So Carson, my man, how in the heck are you? And let's, uh, let's start from there. Hey, Cody. Yeah, I'm excited to be on here. So uh, thanks for having me. Just been busy with a couple of things, but that's uh, great to be, you know, in wholesale and doing all of that. So thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. You are so, so, so very welcome. But it's an honor to have you on the show because what's going to happen on this podcast that uh, you always realize and and, and what our guests are going to soon realize is there's going to be things that are unique about your story that's going to help and resonate with some individuals that are listening to the podcast today that hopefully will help them realize that they can do this. It's not just by luck, but when you put a process in place and you take massive imperfect action, it can lead to your first wholesale deal. So kind of give our our audience a, a background, a little bit about yourself and what really got you into wholesaling. What was it that you were doing maybe before you got into this full time and, and what made you do the jump? Yeah, so I actually just graduated college this past December uh, from the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. And my original plans were actually to go into commercial development. And I was trying to interview for some different positions out in uh, Denver, Colorado. And uh, it kind of just ended up happening where things weren't working out and uh, no one would really take kind of a chance on me. 
And so I um, actually didn't really know about you guys at the time. I wish I did. But I uh, found kind of a program to, you know, learn more about wholesaling. And so I got into that about the end of March. And so I, you know, did what they were teaching me for a while. And I um, got some deals from it, but it just really ended up being very kind of inconsistent. And a lot of it was, I mean, all of it honestly was my fault, but I just didn't really know entirely what I should be doing. So I heard of y'all on the podcast and uh, reached out to you guys and just knew it would be the uh, best step to be able to, you know, ramp up my business even more. And I have absolutely no regrets. I love wholesaling and, you know, would recommend it to anyone. (laughs) Well, you are super, super, super kind, but you have been someone that's been dedicated as well. And what I love about this, and and this can be a completely what what our guests are going to see is a, a complete honest background of everything. One question I'll throw out there, has it just been completely easy? Has this just been a walk in the park? Oh, not at all. I mean, (laughs) this type of business, I mean, for all the listeners who are actually doing it, will understand that it's not really that hard of work, but you just have to be super consistent with everything. You have to kind of have a head on your shoulders as far as, you know, if if you have a call from people and they're you know not saying what you really want to be hearing from them, you just kind of have to block that out and just let it go in one ear and out the other. And so I think that's helped, you know, get through everything, just uh, not, you know, letting others discourage you and uh, just really having that in kind of goal in your mind. Yeah. So Carson, maybe help uh, uh, some of the audience now, our listeners right here, Rhino Nation. Maybe what are some of the things that uh, along this journey of before getting this a whole this wholesale assignment fee that we're going to be talking about, what are some mm-hmm. of the trials and challenges that you actually did face? What is something that a new someone new possibly could encounter because you encountered? What were some of the things that uh, kind of made this like, oh man, this is a trial. Ah, oh, this is a struggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So initially, once I wasn't, um, you know, having wonderful mentors like you and Tom. I, you know, was taught that, of course, you get all your deals through marketing. But um, with that, there comes a lot of different streams as far as marketing. You know, there's bandit signs and there's driving for dollars and there's putting in offers to realtors. And so once I started, I, um, you know, really didn't have a lot of direction of, you know, what to do. And so when I initially started, I just tried to kind of do a handful of all of them. And I was uh, pretty excited because within about the first 40 days, I was able to do my first wholesale deal, which was through a realtor. But um, that was just giving offers. And as time went on, I uh, ended up doing six deals by, you know, kind of juggling all the different parts. But kind of like you guys say, it just ends up being a roller coaster type effect as far as, you know, the income and properties closing and getting them under contract. And so that's what I ran into. And um, I really didn't understand what my problem was with um, as far as, you know, lead flow and all that until my first uh, live call with Tom on one of the support calls. And you know, I described the situation like I am now. And, and he said, well, how are you marketing? And I told him, you know, I was doing putting bandit signs out on Friday and I was driving for dollars and this and that. And he stopped me and he said, 
you're trying to do too many things at once. You need to do one thing, one marketing stream. It's super good at it. And then once you know it's effective and um, it's in place, get someone else to help you implement the second one. So I completely stopped and decided to choose just direct mail and uh, just been pushing you know forward with that and being really consistent with it. And so that's really helped me a ton. Awesome. Awesome. That singular focus seems to always do it for a lot of us. It's, it's something that Tom and I even always have to talk about today, even with our own businesses. So it's not just something for the beginner, but you always got to be reminded of, is this the one thing that we need to be doing? Is this the thing that takes our focus? And so I love that singular focus. You got into, into direct mail. So let's go right into the meat and potatoes and let's start sharing exactly how you found this deal that we're going to talk about today. Was this something found from direct mail? Yeah, it was. So uh, kind of in the, in the tribe, Tom and, and you, Cody, recommend, you know, a list of different type of uh, lists to get. And, you know, one of them is tax delinquent and the, un, and the next one is what are the, the first two ones? So you got, uh, yeah, you got tax link, you got code violation, but uh, code violation. You, okay, perfect. That's the one you're yeah. looking for. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. So no there were both of those lists and I, you know, knew I needed to get those, but in the meantime, I didn't want to waste, you know, the time trying to find this list when I can mail something. So I said, what can I pull right now to send out while I'm working on getting these other lists out? And that was the unknown equity list. Yeah. And in my in my county, the list was really large, at least for my budget at the time. So I, I chose, you know, the hot zip codes and I got the list and it was about of eight thousand or so people. And so I since that this was my real, you know, marketing, uh first marketing and uh mailer, I said, you know, there's no way I can handle eight thousand postcards and all the calls from, you know, each week about that. So I split it up into six or seven different drops and I was sending out 1,328 cards a week. Perfect. So, so you consistently out, you know, sent out the same amount of number every week. It wasn't like you were skipping weeks. It was just every week, no. this amount's going out. Yeah. I wanted to be just consistent with that. So I sent this them out This is so good, Friday. Carson, by the way. This is so good. This yeah. is one job. Like this is one note. Everyone should be writing down. Consistently send out marketing every week. So keep going. Yeah. So I'd send it out on Friday, start getting calls the majority of Monday and Tuesday with a few, you know, later in the week. And the, uh, the fourth week I got a call from this gentleman who owned a property. Him and his wife actually used to live in it and they don't live in it anymore, but they kept it for a rental. And all he really said was that it was, you know, in really bad condition. He was just really tired of messing with it. It needed repairs. Uh, it was paid off. So that was, you know, a really good thing. I always go through the script and he said he just really didn't have the money to fix it up now and, and just, you know, wanted to get some money for it and not have to deal with it anymore. So that, you know, that really stood out to me. And so we, or I immediately, you know, said, let's take a look. I want to, you know, meet you, get to know you and um, take a look at the property. So we did. And uh, about a couple of days later, I met with him. And as I get out of the truck, this uh, gentleman and lady come to me and, you know, I introduced myself. I didn't know if he was a seller or not. 
or the owner of the property. And um, it turned out to be the tenants there. And once I said, you know, I was, you know, just taking a look and I, you know, I thought they were someone different. Once they knew that he was selling the property, they kind of got upset kind of quick, not at me, but at him, because they told, or he told them that, that I was an inspector for the property. But of course they figured out that I was the one looking at purchasing the property. Sure. sure. So, so what yeah, kind of kinks was, did that put in? So the, the actual owner didn't even meet you there. You just were face to face with the tenants looking at the property. Well, so I was, I got there about 15 minutes early. I always try to get to any of the appointments at least 10 minutes early. Cause I'd just rather be early than late. So we were talking while he was pulling up and uh, they weren't mad at me at all, but they were very frustrated because you could tell by the place and you know what they were saying, they didn't have a whole lot of money and they were just upset. So, you know, when the owner got there, I introduced myself and uh, between him and the tenants that are there, they kind of started exchanging some words, which was really uh, not really that comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being there. So I just kind of, I literally just took, you know, two steps back and kind of let them talk. And, and so eventually they, you know, went inside and I started talking to him. And of course he starts talking about the property. But one thing I always try to do is immediately try to steer the conversation away from the property and just try to, you know, talk to him about, you know, his life and, uh, you know, what he enjoys doing, his family. And I just think just building that relationship is really important. So, sure. yeah, we spoke for about 45 minutes and then started actually talking about the property. We went in and, um, you know, before I came to the property, I said, I, I got what I would offer and it was going to be $13,000 max. Wow. And how did that align yeah, but, with it right out of the gate? So you, you told him on the phone, you're looking at $13,000. What was his response when you said that? What was he expecting to get from the property? Well, so once when I initially called him, he didn't give me a number. So I went in there kind of blind as far as, you know, what he'd be willing to sell it for. So you so, know, you didn't mention the 13,000. That's what you just knew you had to be. Yeah. Okay, right. okay, uh -huh. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just for clar clarification. So, um, yeah, I knew going in there, the most I could, you know, spend is 13,000 or offers 13,000. So we went in there, looked at it. It was, it was very rough and, you know, I knew I could make some money at 13, but didn't know exactly how much. So we, anyways, we, uh, went back outside, started talking numbers and, you know, I asked him the question, what if I could pay all cash? And uh, close in 30 days, there'd be no real estate commissioner fees. And, you know, what's the best you'd be willing to consider? And so once I uh, said the question, like y'all have on the prompt, he said, you know, I need to get 15000 And I went back and I said, well, what if I could offer $5,000? That probably wouldn't work for you. And I got this negotiating um technique from it was someone in the tribe i don't remember his name but this is how he does all of his deals uh -huh. he was at the wholesaling summit and spoke but anyways yeah what todd I, Toback what I learned, does a lot of this if that's who you're talking about todd Toback is always like that uh that same way he's the, the what guy if? that says well it's the what if is definitely todd's that's part of the, just the script in general but he always yeah. does like hey but i could do five but 
does that work? That probably doesn't work for you, right? And he's always doing yeah. pull away, that casual pull away. Yeah, for sure. So I that's how I do it now, and I, and I like it a lot because what I've learned from it is that it it turns it from less of a negotiating type you know situation. Because if I say five, you're automatically going to say ten thousand. So anyways, he said, no, I can't do that. You know, maybe I can come down at 12,500, but that's my best offer. And I said, okay, I understand. Well, what if I could offer you $7,500? That probably wouldn't work for you. He said, no, no, that's, that's just too low. I need 12,5. And, and so I really just stood back. I, I wasn't going to let, you know, this not work because I knew I could I could even make it work at that price point because he was sure. asking twelve five, and I said I could, you know, get it for thirteen. So I stood back and we, you know, started talking about different stuff besides the house, and we walked around to the side, and I mean, it looked terrible the side of the house. And um, I said, you know, I really want to help you with this property. I want to serve you and and get this off your back. I mean, what are you going to do with this if we're not able to? you know, come to a conclusion, are you just going to keep it and, you know, put work into it and in your money? He said, no, I don't really want to do that. And I said, well, what if I could offer $8,000? That probably wouldn't work for you. And he was quiet. And after about 10 seconds, he said, that'll work. And I was like, awesome. This is like, this is awesome. I've never done that before. And I learned that, you know, recently. So, uh, we got under contract and I made a mistake because after we signed everything, I went to, I, I told them I need uh, time to show my investors this property. Cause I told them, you know, I'm not buying it. My investors are funding the purchase and he was fine with that. So we went right then and there to the tenants to see a time to look at it. And when I told Tom this, he said, you, right when you get under contract, you want to say, you know, I, I got a couple other things I got to do. We'll talk soon and follow up everything. And then, you know, just go. Anyways, we went to the tenants. We uh, told them and, uh, you know, they said, well, what does that mean for us? And I told them, well, you know, typically the way it's worked in the past, my, you know, investors, you're going to have to probably be out here in 30 days. And the lady just started crying and it just wasn't, it wasn't a comfortable situation. Sure. And so we, yeah, it was, it was just not comfortable. And so we walked away myself and the owner currently of the property said, I just can't do this. You know, I can't do this to them. And uh, he said, please tear the contract up. And I was like, Oh no, I was just thinking about myself. So yeah. And, and it was quite, I followed up with him a couple of days later and he said, you know, I, I don't want to mess with this, but I can't just do this to him. And so then on a Wednesday, you were on a support call and I asked you, you know, what your opinion would be. And you just said to sell it, you know, with them in there. So I, I told him the seller and he said, yeah, that's fine. Just, you know, let's sign the papers again. So we signed it and I reached out and sent my email out to all my buyers, which at the uh -huh. time was 260. Uh -huh. And so, so I sent it out to them. And so you're I marketing thought, the contract to your cash buyers. And you said, was, you said 260. So you send out this contract saying, hey, this allows you to purchase this home that has a tenant in it. And then how mm -hmm. do you go from there? Yeah. So. I saw some properties on Zillow that sold and they looked a little bit nicer than this property. And so I thought I could sell it for more for around 17,000. 
So I was, you know, going to make less than 10, but it was going to be pretty good. So anyways, I sent it out and I just started getting all these phone calls and texts and emails. A couple of people were like, hey, can I buy this now? Like, you know, I'll give you the money. We can close tomorrow. And I said, no, that in the, if you look in the email, it says, I love this Carson. I love this. (laughs) Yeah. So I said, no, you know, in the, in the email I sent out, it says, you know, showing of property or inspection Inspection. of property Uh will be Friday from three to 4 PM. All offers are due Saturday by 4 PM. Highest and best offer will be accepted. So, you know, if you want the property, you're more than welcome to come to the inspection, but you just have to, you know, have an offer in by Saturday at four and, you know, I'll accept highest and best. And I had even a couple people that I had met in the past and he was all upset with me saying, you know, this is all about relationships. And, uh, you know, I like, I like it when people come to me and, uh, ask me first. And I said, well, I understand if that's, you know, how you want to do it, but this is how I'm selling the contracts. This is how I wholesale properties. And so, you know, he was kind of all fussy about it, but he ended up coming to the inspection. And so I start getting all these offers the next day and I got one for asking, which is 15,000. Then I got one for 16,5, then 18,000, 20, 21,000. 25,000. I was like, man, this is awesome. Starting to sound like an auctioneer. Oh. Do I have 21, 25, yeah. 25, 25, we got 22, 22, 22, 5, 22, 5, we got 25, 25. Awesome. So what yeah. did you ultimately get, what was your highest and best ultimately? So then I get this text and I've sold a couple of properties from them before. And I get a text from it. And I'm in the mountains, literally just hiking down a trail. And it says 37,850. And I was like, I, my heart just started beating a hundred, you know, beats a minute. It was insane. I was pumped. I was like, is he serious? Did, I mean, did he not mean to put a two in front of that number, you know, like 27,000. And, uh, so yeah, I, I, um, reached out to him and that was the highest and best offer. So I signed it to him for 37,850. And what did that end up bringing you as a payday? I made $29,850 on this one. My man, you know what's coming. You hold on one sec. There's our victory bell, Carson Fox, with a huge, huge close here. So $29,850. And if you had to put a time to it, just so people can see this, they're, they're listening to podcasts for the first time, like, yeah, but he must have just been so involved and he must have put 40-hour weeks in. Like, tell them, what does this look like in time frame so they can get a, a reality of really how much hours you put into this total from drive time, everything. Yeah. So I didn't have a lot of time in this. Actually, I'd say I had no more than four hours in this deal. Four hours. So this is to show you what can happen and why wholesaling continues to be the best way to get into real estate, because now you're producing income that can give you opportunity to next time you find a deeply discounted property, you can take it yourself and keep it as a rental, long-term buy and hold. There's so many exit strategies when you know how to find this deeply discounted properties over and over and over again. So coming to the end, this is huge. You've made 29850 bucks. 
on this now, let's help them add, let's add even yet a little bit more value to our listeners. And let's help them with the two questions that we always end our podcast with. And that is, what is a book you would recommend to those listening to the podcast today that has been a game changer for you? Um, I think what really helps or helped me, especially, especially when I made, you know, this much money on it is the book Profit First by Mike McCallowitz. And um, it just really shows how to distribute your money and to take, you know, first money for yourself, profit, and, you know, what's left over after uh, you pay yourself and what you make on the property is the amount of money you have for your expenses. So that has helped me tremendously because now I know to allocate you know, 30% for all my marketing and so much sure. goes and uh, 10% automatically gets tithed. And I think that is a huge thing, which helps a lot. And, um, you know, one thing I kind of told you while I was at the summit is, you know, before this deal, since I, you know, was in wholesaling, but uh, wasn't very consistent with things, you know, I wasn't about to be able to, you know, pay for rent and expenses, um, I was like, you know, I don't know how to do this, Lord, but I'm I'm trusting in you that everything's going to turn out, you know, the way you want it. And before that, I was tithing as well and, and doing all that. And just out of the blue, this happens. And I mean, I don't think that's luck whatsoever. I think it's honestly, you know, the Lord doing his work. And um, when you tithe, great things happen. So I'd highly yeah. recommend anyone to tithe for sure. I love it. I love it. And then ending this, asking the next question is if you now looking back and seeing everything that you've gone through, you've been through, what would you do differently? Or maybe what would you have done the same again to help our listeners? Yeah, so for sure. Well, one of the things I think that's very important is just being extremely consistent with what you're doing. If I would have sent mail out from the beginning eight months ago, I, you know, would have had a lot more deals than I already have. So this is my uh, seventh deal so far for this year in eight months. And I'm working on one right now. But just being very consistent with a mail or whatever marketing, you know, you're doing, because ultimately, if you stay consistent and start sending mail, if I don't get someone that calls me back from this week's mail, you know, two weeks later, they may call me back from the piece and then you know, that week that I sent out mail, people might call me then too. So it ultimately just builds upon itself. Sure. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Carson, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I know there's so many people on this that are listening that this resonates with, that this is something that each one of us can take action on and do. And you've given some great items to take action on today to help each one of us get closer to our first deal or our next deal. So thank you so much for joining us. You've added extreme value, and I know this will be one that a lot of people are going to be listening to. Yeah, thank you, uh, Cody. I appreciate it. And if any of y'all ever need you know, any help or have questions since I've done you know, some deals, please feel free to reach out to me. My email is my first name, so cfox at clearwaterinvesting.com. And feel free to give me a call or, you know, shoot me an email and love to see how I can, you know, serve anyone else. That is awesome. Such an abundant mindset. I appreciate that. That is awesome. So Rhino Nation, this has been yet another episode where 
someone just like Carson. So Carson was out there just working hard, taking massive, imperfect action. And he showed you step-by-step step how he was able to come across a deal that paid him $29,850. That's so, so, so big. And this could be your deal. Maybe it's 10,000, maybe it's 20,000, maybe it's 30,000, maybe it's 2,000. But you are one phone call away or one mail piece away from doing this same thing in your life. To get inspired and motivated to let you know that you can do this, head on over to wholesalinginc.com. That's wholesalinginc.com. Go over to the testimonials tab and you'll see people just like Carson and all the other people that are doing this nationwide telling their story, how wholesaling has changed their life and how they're doing deals in their state. And now this is all over the nation. It'll motivate you, let you know that you can do this too. And if you personally want help building your wholesaling business, you can click in that website, the same wholesalinginc.com, click on to book a call with our team and you can share your story. We can see if it's a good fit. And if it ends up being something you're interested in, we can invite you to be part of the tribe so that you can go out and get this going for you. Until next time, stay moving and just get consistent as Carson Fox left us. God bless, guys. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.